welcome to Totem Talks. I'm Helen Fruin and today we are going a little bit off plan in the topic we're going to cover. Originally this month we had planned to cover presentation yeah, skills test, test, test. Yep. but we were looking at the now. amount yes. and it is a lot on our website that we already have on that topic. So if you are interested in developing your presentation skills there are links below you can go and find loads of videos articles to help you with that. <laughs> The more exciting thing we decided to talk about oh, right. was positive psychology. And I am joined, I'm so excited about this, by Sarah Creevy. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Helen. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Yes, very good. Good, good. Uh, the reason I'm super excited to have Sarah here is, one, because she's a fabulous person. I've known Sarah for a long time now. And the chats that we've had about work, about how to be a good coach, a facilitator, and now the bee in her bonnet about positive psychology uh, just gives me joy. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about today is the bee in Sarah's bonnet about positive psychology. Uh, Sarah, tell our listeners about who you are and how you've come to have this bee in your bonnet. Hello. Yes. So, uh, well, what an introduction. Um, as, as, as you've said, I'm a positive psychology practitioner. Um, I'm a coach and a trainer. So what that means is that I build positive psychology into the work that I do with people on an individual level um, and on a group level when I'm training and facilitating as well. And it's all about how to be the best version of yourself, how to flourish in whatever situation, environment that you're in. Um, and I mean, positive psychology, have I had this, have I got this bee in my bonnet? Um, I suppose it's been there for a while, but it was kind of flagged up to me a while ago. I was talking to um, a um, business psychologist, actually, and she was about positive psychology and you know how useful it was. And she sort of turned to me and just said, oh, well, um, the thing is, lots of our clients, they don't want that. They don't want positive psychology. And I was sort of really taken aback by it, yeah. thinking, but... Mm, this is about <laughs> what do they not want <laughs> forming at your bed well, yeah what what is it about it they don't want so I did probe a bit further obviously in my uh, you know being a coach so what do, <laughs> what do they want and everything everything she said to me was kind of like well yep positive psychology can help with that you know difficult conversations being better managers um, recruitment processes assessment centers you know performance management everything I was kind of like yep yeah, yep yeah. so tell me again what is it about positive psychology that doesn't fit with all of that um and so it just it, it just kind of flagged up to me actually how misunderstood it is um as a as an area as a as an application really um and you know coupled with that there's all sorts of media messages and things out there about positive psychology and thinking positively and the sort of you know the happy clappy brigade um and so i feel on a sort of mission really to to set the record straight on that because it's it's so far from from being the, the sort of happy clappy brigade um that um yeah I, i'm i'm here to to set the world to rights on it really brilliant that is what we're going to do right now we're going to support <laughs> sarah on her mission we're going to put the world to rights uh, so i guess it's helpful then if we're saying that positive psychology is not the happy clappy brigade it's not clearly what this and it's a bit worrying that a business psychologist was saying not interested mm. in positive psychology um because it suggested it is very misunderstood so can we define then what is it i think i think the easiest way really to just to to define it is it's a bit like um physical fit you know we can look at it in terms of physical fitness and physical health so mm -hmm. it's going for a jog 
in in the same way you know you go for a jog to keep yourself physically fit um you want to do that that doesn't prevent you from breaking a leg or you know you wouldn't break your leg and then think oh I must do more running to keep myself fit you know it's a way of actually helping yourself and at an organizational level as well kind of helping your organization flourish um, mm. you know it's something that's been around for a long time it's not a new area of psychology that also gets kind of it gets labeled as a sort of newfangled thing it's mm. it's existing psychology it's what we know about human nature the human brain how we work um, and it's applying it to actually why don't we apply this to help people function better so that people can be you know if we talk about physical fitness and getting people in the best physical shape mm -hmm. we can also apply that to being in the best mental shape and that includes mm -hmm. the best cognitive shape and the best you know we're not just talking about mental well actually we're not talking about mental illness at all it's a different area it's about that maintenance of that fitness mental mm -hmm. fitness really and i guess it's interesting and, and, how, and how to create the environments for that sorry great yeah absolutely mm. because um i guess coming back to your business psychologist who said you know i don't think our clients are interested in that why would your businesses not be interested in creating an environment where people can flourish, where people can be brilliant at their jobs? It, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And I think it's yeah, maybe helpful exactly. then to say, well, well, then why is it called positive psychology? And my understanding of that is that when Martin Seligman, bit of the, the godfather to positive mm -hmm. psychology, when this was coming about in what we talk in the early 2000s, yeah, yeah, 99, I think he made the right. first, he kind of coined the, the name. And it was a recognition that historically psychology had studied mental illness. It was a bit like, to use your example mm. of going for a jog, jog, let's let's study someone who's got a broken leg and see what we can find out about the broken leg to stop yeah. other people yeah. from breaking a leg. You're like, well, yeah. actually, that doesn't seem helpful to study schizophrenia, depression, anxiety. Let's study all of those things and see if we can learn how to avoid those things by studying mm. illness. Martin Seligman was saying, well, let's study people who are mentally well, who describe high levels of work satisfaction, life satisfaction. Um, so it would be, I guess, to, again, to use your jogging example, let's study somebody who's really fit and healthy or a marathon runner and say, well, how do we model that? What can we learn from what you've done well so we can have better lives and be physically fit, mentally fit, um, happy, Absolutely. whatever it might be. So I guess then yeah. positive psychology is just saying, let's study what's working well. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, it's another another bee in my bonnet is the name positive psychology. I don't okay. think the movement has done itself any favours. And, uh, you know, Martin Seligman, I think at the time was, as you say, absolutely coining something and, and uh, uh, giving a name to something that um, differentiated itself from the way that, that psychology had previously always been applied in that mm. clinical setting. Um, I'm not convinced that positive psychology was the right name for that because it does have, it carries this yeah. um, sort of stigma almost now, isn't it? Of, of kind of, oh, well, you're just, you know, you're just these happy clappy brigade, let's be happy, let's think positively and all the world will be fine. When actually, mm -hmm. particularly in the current situation, you know, the current climate, the current world, there's so much to cause discomfort and anxiety and suffering. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't think we can, um, sensibly in any in any way claim that ignoring those things and just thinking positively is going to going to help anybody 
um, it's the opposite to that. So yeah. I think, yeah, I think that the name has to come with a sort of um, footnote, I think. Sure. <laughs> this isn't all about positive psychology. Footnote, it's not all about positivity. Right. Um, <laughs> it, but it is, it is, as you say, about making, understanding how we function when we function well. You know, I mean, mm. that's how, how engineers work. You know, how does, what's the best right. way to you know right we don't call that machine. positive engineering no no exactly it's it's just engineering because it's yeah. understanding how to make things work well and then putting that into practice um, and let's look at some of the best examples of engineering on the planet and see what we can learn from those best examples exactly yes and even those best examples how can we make them even better what mm. could be an improvement on that um so yeah and and actually it's it's not even about avoiding that's it's it's almost it, well it, it, there's a they, they talk about two different continuums in positive psychology so there's positive there's sorry there's mental health and there's mental illness and they're actually two separate things so you could have a diagnosed mental health condition you could be diagnosed with schizophrenia and still have high mental well-being mm. um, those two things are not mutually exclusive in the same way that you can be very physically fit and break your leg mm. you know um that's so it's a not really even helpful about, separation. Yeah. So it's not even about, oh, let's all, you know, let's build these practices into our lives and avoid mental illness. Um, it's about let's build these practices into our lives and be uh, flourishing, even if we might come across a mental illness at some mm. point in our lives. Um, Very and interesting. Yeah, for me, that is a really helpful separation to think about it. And I think as well from an organisational perspective, it, those boundaries can get a bit blurred and I think the messages can sometimes get a bit blurred and it's not helpful for people. So yeah. I, as a manager, am being told now I need to be concerned with my uh, my team's mental health. I'm in no way qualified to do that. I'm not a, a, a counsellor. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not, you know, what? how am I supposed to do this? This isn't mm. my job, you know. Um, and actually, I don't think that's what we need to be doing. It's about supporting yeah. people's mental fitness, if you like, mm -hmm. using positive psychology to create those environments to help people flourish in their individual selves. So um, let's separate then. OK, as a manager, my responsibility is to support you in your mental fitness at work and help you flourish. Yes. My responsibility is not to manage any of your mental illness. Absolutely. In the same way, you know, you wouldn't go to your, you wouldn't expect your manager to help with your, you know, diag um, diagnose any mental, um, any physical right. health condition, sorry, or yeah. you know, write your prescription for some, uh, you know, antibiotics. Um, yeah. I'd expect them but, to be but supportive. But it's helpful for them to, exactly, yeah. It's helpful yeah. for them to know about it if you have a health condition so that they can support it, give you time off or create, you know, make any adjustments at work that they need to. Um, but it's not up to them to, to, to diagnose it or to treat it in any mm. way. So let's talk about what goes wrong with positive psychology. So you've started to talk about one of them there that perhaps we tell managers that they're responsible for somebody's entire well-being and illness and health and everything, which seems a bit, oh gosh, I, like you yeah. say, I'm not, a, I'm not a psychiatrist. How do I do that? Um, you've mentioned about the Happy Clappy Brigade. Uh, I wonder if you can share with us some of the other things you see happening in the media or in the workplace that have you thinking, oh, this, this really is positive psychology being misunderstood or used inappropriately. 
I think yes. I mean, the three key things that I that I see are the happy clappy, you know, the positive thinking thing, mm-hmm. um, and you know, perspective taking is absolutely something that is key to positive psychology. But it's perspective taking in 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 the with the idea of suffering as part of human existence. Um, let's try and work with our suffering rather than perspective taking. Oh, you know. Don't worry, it's a silver lining to every cloud. Let's just look at the silver lining and, you know, hopefully the cloud will go away. Um, so I think that's an important thing um, as a general position. I think in terms of how it can be misapplied or or just not made, I, I guess, not made the most or not made the mm. best of um, in a business setting, mm-hmm. two things that I see most often our resilience training, which might mm-hmm. be slightly controversial to mention because you and I both run a lot of resilience training. And actually, I love running resilience training. So I'll come back to that in a minute. And the other thing is is strengths-based leadership and mm-hmm. talking about, or just talking about strengths generally, which again, is absolutely a core tenet of, of positive psychology, but I think gets misinterpreted or, or you know not used in the most appropriate way often. Mm. Um, Okay, so let's just come back because you saw three things there. Okay, so there's something about happy clappy, uh, resilience training and strengths based. Just on the happy clappy, you talked about perspective taking. Tell us more mm. about what it means to do perspective taking well. If it's not about just saying there's a silver lining, let's focus on the silver lining. What would be a better way of using that perspective taking? It's really about understanding that whatever you're experiencing right now in this moment, so be that a joyful experience, be that a traumatic experience or anywhere in between, um, it is, that's okay. That's part mm. of that. That isn't, something isn't going on that needs to be changed or fixed or it, it's, it's about learning to accept those feelings are part of human experience and actually mm-hmm an understanding of emotions and what emotions are there for you know there's one of the things i'm always eternally fascinated by is the sort of evolutionary biology of this all and actually we have emotions for a reason emotions aren't just there you know for the for the hell of it just to sort of make us feel down on bad days and make us feel happy on good days like they serve a purpose and they have served an evolutionary purpose and um what most psychologists I think agree on is that although we're not entirely no one's entirely sure um they're they're there to give us a message about Mm -hmm. something that is going on for us so they give us motivation to act in a certain way and if we're feeling um what we might associate with as a negative emotion um you know anger or sadness then our instinct can often be to try and move away from it and get it. I must not be feeling sad because if I'm feeling sad and for feeling these things, then that's a bad thing and I don't want to be feeling them anymore. But actually what positive psychology um, can help with is understanding that actually that sadness is very normal. That sadness mm. is part of who we are as people. Everybody feels sadness. Mm-hmm. Um, and in knowing that, there is a sort of wisdom and there's a sort of ability to actually distance ourselves from it a bit and even labeling it as sadness yeah. or um, frustration or um, you know any other um, you know despondency or you know whatever whatever it might be the act of labeling it actually in and of itself distances us from it and helps us kind of accept it as okay this is a thing that I'm experiencing right now um, 
switches on our cognitive function and, and helps us process it. So it's about learning to process emotions rather than only focusing on good emotions. Mm. And in doing that, I think this is where the, the mis-messaging has come from, in doing mm. that actually what the research has found is that overall our experience of life improves and our well-being improves and with improved well-being comes improved positive emotions and there's a sort of upward mm -hmm. spiral of that going on so um we all so don't have a start kind of with oh let's look at the silver lining like you don't have to start no. with ignoring those negative emotions but the benefit of accepting those negative emotions, i feel sad that's okay let me acknowledge that let me process that might actually pull us around to Actually, there is a silver lining and that feels quite nice to see that. So it might be a side benefit as opposed to the starting point. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and actually trying to push away those negative emotions mm. makes them worse. Again, you know, right. the, the research is telling us that, that when, we, when we try to suppress them, they, it's like whack-a-mole. You know, they pop up mm. somewhere else. And that's yeah. where we can, you know, develop actually bigger problems for ourselves because we're not acknowledging the, mo the emotion and not processing it and dealing with it and labeling it at the time mm. um, which doesn't need to take a lot of, of, of time necessarily or of cognitive load um, it, when we're not doing that it actually kind of grows and festers and, and comes up in our potentially other areas of our lives and mm. causes us more pain and discomfort um, interesting Okay, yeah. brilliant. So we've got some sense here and that kind of ties into the resilience training as well to a point in terms of what do we teach on mm. resilience training? Are we just teaching people to focus on the positive, which of course, as you've said, we both work in this area and know that's not what we teach. Um, but indeed, as you say, it might be a bit controversial then to say, well, yes, we run resilience training, but we see that it's used badly. And I do know exactly what you mean by this, but let's explain it to those listening. Uh, what is it you see is, is perhaps not working well with the way that companies are using resilience? training i think it's exactly that it's, it's the way that they're using it rather than the content and mm. resilience training itself i mean i i hope that people aren't teaching on resilience training just to think positively certainly um that's not something that you or i would include in ours but um it, it i think it can be it can feel a bit like a, a plant you know a sticking plaster yes training and I think in a lot of organisations who particularly at the moment are, you know, the last few years have been a huge challenge for everybody and, and organisations are sort of wanting to know, well, what can I do? What can I do mm. for my staff? What can I do for my employees to help make things better? Um, and there's a lot of resilience training out there and it can feel very easy to um, say, oh, OK, great, I'm going to run some resilience training and that will that will make everybody help everybody feel better. And uh, yeah. you know, we've done our bit. Um, and I think actually a more useful way of thinking about it is why not create the look at what we're doing or what's or what's happening in our organisation that pushes people to a point where they need resilience training you know what is what are the yeah. stress triggers what are the things that are making it harder than it needs to be for people um let's look at those things and see if we can address those things first yeah um or at know, least together training, or yes yes yeah. exactly there seems to yeah, be a tendency to say let's use the resilience training as the answer as you say like a sticking plaster and that's it mm. i'm done whereas you know i'm seeing with a lot of organizations they 
as, as we came into the pandemic, people were working ridiculously long hours because they didn't have anything else to do. They were stuck at home, apart from those who were homeschooling, of course. Um, yeah. They were working really long hours, uh, incredible focus, because you're like, oh my gosh, this is, you know, I've never experienced anything like this. Let's pivot the business. Let's do what we need to do to adapt. Um, so the, the volume of change and just increase in pace to get things done was absolutely incredible. And it seems now businesses are going, great, let's just keep that same pace, which mm. you can't do over a long period. You can do it in a crisis. Nobody can do that over a long period. So you've got to then say, we can't expect that same pace. Let's slow down. Let's prioritize. Let's think about doing things differently rather than try and keep that same pace and then offer people resilience training. Yes, we'll just keep doing this and, you know, here you go, have some resilience training and keep going with yeah. it, you know. Um, I mean, when you think about what resilience is, it's about being able to um, bounce back and grow through extreme pressure. Mm. And you have to think, well, what extreme pressure are people under <laughs> such that everybody needs resilience training yeah. you know it's if you, it's kind of much healthier not to need that resilience training in a sense right <laughs> um, in an ideal world we'd have organizations you know that just created the environment that wouldn't need it um but but even then i think there's still always a call for it because it it, it the content of it is incredibly useful for yes. people in terms of you know how do i how do i manage my own stress points and, and yeah. trigger points um yeah as we say it's not to say to it. don't that's not that's not the only right thing. so it's not to say don't do resilience training it's to say make sure resilience training is one of a number of things you're doing to create that environment for people to flourish yeah absolutely exactly great um it's yeah so then let's come on to the third it's all one about the environment Yes. Let's come on to this third one about strengths-based leadership. Um, because, again, that sounds like a really positive thing, right? Let's work to our strengths. Let's help people do that better. What is it you see as being missed or, or misused there? I think strengths, again, um, can be misused in the sense that... Oh, well, in lots of senses. But it, a key thing in the sense that it can put people... It can feel like it puts people in a box a bit. And particularly with um, strengths-based leadership, it's, it's sort of why is it reserved only for leaders to mm -hmm. start with? Um, and why is it that it's it sort of because I'm seen to be good at this one thing, then that's the only thing, that's the thing that I should be right. using. And it doesn't sort of leave, leave, often doesn't leave a lot of room for um, development. Mm -hmm. The message can be a bit... Oh, well, you know, find out what you're good at and just do that. Right. Because that's the thing that's going to keep you happy, um, at, you know, at its at the sort of worst end of, of it. Yeah. Um, I've also heard it talked about as a sort of way to sugarcoat negative or constructive feedback. So rather than actually give people honest um, feedback about what they're not doing so well, mm. or direct feedback about what they're not doing so well, it's kind of all well, talk to them about what they're doing what they are doing well right. instead um, and let's just not talk about the stuff that they're not doing well mm -hmm. because if we if we just focus on the things they're doing well and grow those and the other things will sort of just go away mm. um, and there's some there's some truth in that but where it's an essential function of their job they need to be doing it well you know we need to be using strengths to help people work on their weaknesses yeah. um, 
you know, it's not as simple as kind of all well, just uh, just not talk about that. Let's just we don't want to upset anybody. Right. Uh, we don't want to upset anybody. So let's just talk to, about what they're doing well, and we won't mention the rest of it because that's going to cause issues. Yeah. Um, I'm slightly exaggerating for effect here, but sure. I think that's that. I see. I see that as being a danger of the way that people talk about strengths. Um, I wanted to come back to where you said uh, it can end up with you feeling like you've been put in a box because mm. one of the things we've talked about in the past is is the sorts of things that people come up with as strengths. Um, So somebody Mm. might say, well, I've got a strength in marketing or I've got a strength in using Excel spreadsheets. And those those do feel Mm. like, well, I'm I'm now in a box. I can only work in marketing or I can only do spreadsheets. Whereas the way I hear yes. you talk about strengths is much more about maybe less the thing that I'm doing and more the way that I do it. Yes, absolutely. And I think this is how we address that, the other issue about the feedback as well. It's strengths, I think, are, are need to be about the quality that you bring to a task mm-hmm. that you do. So you may have a strength in creativity, for example, mm-hmm. but you may not have a creative job. You may be an accountant or... Oh, I don't want to um, <laughs> creative accounting saying that, but, you know, <laughs> lots of creativity in accounting. But, you know, you may have something that is, is sort of um, not seen as being a creative job, sure. i.e., you know, uh, you know, an art director or, uh, you know, uh, something like that or a graphic designer. Um, but jokes aside, we do I, need creativity in accounting. We need problem we, solving. We absolutely. need innovation. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And if we... If we can appreciate that that is a is one of our strengths that we bring, we can bring those things. We can do that problem solving. We can bring that innovation in in a way um, that maybe we wouldn't have done if we hadn't have recognised that in ourselves or had that recognised in us. Mm. Um, and it's about okay, well, if I know that that is one of my skills, how can I bring that into the work that I do? Yeah. How can I nurture that skill? I think it's also important to it's also important to keep a balance. So um, we might have a skill that that we're we might have a strength, sorry, that we're very good at, and so we're we're using it a lot all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, we then might get to a point where we think, oh, do you know what? This is I don't want to do this. Is sort right. of draining me a bit of energy now. So the idea I'm, that I'm our strengths too much change. Our strengths change, and yeah. they, or, or at least they're they're dynamic, and they need to be kept in balance. So if mm. we're overplaying our creativity, what might we be underplaying as a sort of counterbalance to that? You know, yeah. maybe we're 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 underplaying our um, communication, for example. Yeah. You know, our our rapport building or something. And uh, so it's about being having an awareness of the breadth of skills that we have, mm. the, sorry, the breadth of strengths that we have, how they can be applied to the skills that we're putting into practice and how we can be always just checking in and saying and, and making sure that we're using a good balance of our strengths across time yeah. rather than it being, right, okay, I've done my, I've done my strengths uh, questionnaire, I've got my strengths here in front of me on a piece of paper, I'm going to show this to my manager or as a manager I'm going to show them to my team um, and that's that's me on a piece of paper, mm. you know. Um, uh, that that to me isn't very motivating. That's no. a kind of, oh, well, I would have liked to have I I would have liked to have seen, you know, um, presentation on there, or I would have liked to have seen, you know, I really want to develop 
my um, report writing skills. I would Great. have liked to have seen Let's work on analysis on there. Yeah. 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 Um, and it's kind of great. Well, exactly. Let's work on those. And what, what do we know that your what strengths do you have that you could bring to those that yes. were going to help you work on it? Yes. Um, I think that's the so key that you question are for me. Evolving. Yeah. So like you said before, rather than sugarcoating, let's just focus on what you're good at. But how do we use what you're good at to help you in these other areas? So again, if we use creativity as an example, how do you use your creativity strength to help you in report writing? Because you're thinking about, you know, how to put that across in the best way or how to bring a bit more creative flair to it. It just makes it more interesting for the person to develop something from a position of strength. Absolutely. Very because we know that when we're using our strengths, yeah, because we know that when we're using our strengths, we are more motivated, we're more engaged, we perform better. You know, there's just nothing there's nothing bad about it like everything makes it better when we're using our strengths brilliant okay so let's pull together some themes from today if you were wanting to take away some practical tips from this what we're saying is that positive psychology perhaps needs a caveat in its name positive psychology it's not Mm -hmm. all about positivity Uh, we're saying (laughs) that we need to be conscious of how we use positive psychology so if we are recognizing that it's good to study what helps people to be well and flourish and and do things well then yes let's study that and let's be also be open to we also have to face the tough times we need to process our negative emotions um there's so much there about that i feel sad and it's okay uh, equally there's a lot there around resilience and making sure yes let's support people in building their resilience and provide an environment that doesn't put them under extreme pressure in the first place where we can uh, and indeed on the strength side let's look at how we have a broader conversation around well this is what a report says your strengths might be how would you like to use those where else might you like to develop and how could we use those to support you in development there's so much there that as a leader and to your point not just leaders but all of us can take from this brilliant field of science to to help ourselves flourish absolutely and i think that's key that it the onus isn't on any one individual here the Mm. onus is on everybody so as an individual, it's really worth spending the time on noticing when you are using your strengths, because we often don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so when are those, when you're feeling energized, when you're really feeling stuck into something, when you're feeling excited about work, when you know you have that sense where you've lost track of time, you know, we call that flow. But notice those moments and that will really help you identify what your what your strengths are you know the chances are you're using a strength at that point so notice when they are and that will really help you um to to grow those strengths further Mm. um and as leaders you know reflect that back to people as well you know if you see that somebody's got really excited or really into something or really excels at something then have a conversation with them about it um you know i think it's the the underlying message for me from from all of this is it's just about being human like let's Mm. be humans together and I know that sounds starting to become a bit cliche now isn't it um but it's so true you know if we if we move away from it all being about tasks and ticking boxes and move into actually understanding each other better and if we can do that we can not only support ourselves but we can support other people and as an organization we can support uh, the you know the the whole 
much more effectively. Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, Sarah, there we go. We have put the world to rights on positive psychology. Thank you very much. Good. (laughs) Excellent. Um, (laughs) Dear listeners, if you would like to find out more about Sarah and indeed read up more on positive psychology, we're going to put a few links below on some top recommended books. We've recommended Martin Seligman. He's the bit of the the father of this field. So um, some books from him, but also some other great resources that can help. Uh, And to make you aware that next month, We're going to be talking about facilitation skills, which is rather interesting because a lot of what Sarah's just described in being human is almost that kind of facilitating a conversation. Or if you run training, you want to be a stronger meeting facilitator, uh, how can you do that? That's what we'll be talking about next month. So stay tuned. Have a great day. We'll see you soon. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Helen. Bye. Bye.